you're looking out for me. So let me just let me just. Angela just says, well, why don't you do a test and play it back just to be safe, which I do every time. And then no, I you say, do it, you would I do said, it every time after we record it. No, I, I do what I just did. I, I record, I just do a check and then I record it and then I play it back to hear it, to make sure it's recording. And you're just not paying attention because it's not your job. It's my job. You're worrying about your hair. That and this time you decide to tell true. me, like, you oh, should do this thing. God. I'm like, the thing that I do every time. And I said, you tell me how to do my job. And you're like, yes, yes, I am. Because there's that one time you forgot to record it. Is this and that called, was exactly. This is called gaslighting, exactly people. This is, this is not gaslighting. This is totally gaslighting. Wow. Ga- you're gaslighting me by telling me that I'm <laughs> gaslighting you. That's gaslighting. No, no. No? That it, it is Okay, we're not... My hair looks horrible in the video. (laughs) Rolling the video. Fuck. What's going on? Why? I've got this like weird... I don't know. (sighs) I just watched again Mm -hmm. um, half of Stutz. Half of Stutz? Why not all of Stutz? Because I watched it again. I watched it... The first time I oh, watched it. Did we talk I, about it? I can't no. remember. We, there's two podcasts we did not publish. Right. I want to be uh, honest with our audience. And maybe we need to talk about why, but get let's talk about studs. Okay. Um, the first time I watched it through. So Stutz is a documentary on Netflix um, that Jonah Hill did. Jonah Hill, the actor, now, I guess, director, producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a documentary on his therapist, Phil Stutz, who has the book, this book called The Tools. And um, and you asked me to watch this. You said that it was, is everything okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, you asked me to watch this because uh, you thought it was a really great documentary. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I think, I don't, great, uh, very good. Okay. Yeah. And so... Um, I I watched it, but to be honest, I was doing other things while I was watching it. You're doing other things. I was, I was, what were you doing? Folding laundry? Uh, no, I was like getting rid of files, um, like old files. So I was a little. So distracted. your opinion is totally irrelevant. Well, here. the point is just that as I was watching it, um, I think that there was some place in me that was getting a little triggered, and I wasn't sure what it was. Hmm. But I was then, you know, then when I started to concentrate, I actually fell asleep halfway through. So then I didn't, I was like, I don't know that. I don't think this documentary is for me. Are you feeling uh, insecure? Like I don't know. I don't know what. so good that you realized how inadequate you are as a therapist? No, no. Mm. It wasn't that. No. But then Jana texted me and she's like, I highly recommend that you watch this documentary, Stutz. Uh-huh. And, and Jana never, she doesn't watch a lot of TV. And she texted or, me too, said we got to talk about Stutz. All right. And so I was like, oh, Jana's telling me to watch this thing. You're, you're telling me to watch this thing. Maybe I should give it another try, you know, but before I did that, I realized that part of my uncomfortability is that he reveals so much about himself. Not so much. Well, enough. as much as us. That's true. But the fact that he was doing it, I could feel that I don't want him to reveal his his stuff. I want him to stay in the role of therapist. Hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this must be what people are thinking about me. You know? Right, right. And that that's why it was so uncomfortable for me, hmm. you know. And so I just decided I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to watch it and I'm going to like not be distracted at all. 
And as I'm watching it, um, I just watched a big chunk of it this morning. So I'm, I'm a little, I feel uh, like I, I was crying throughout actually. And mm. um, it really, it really touched me in, in ways that I was not expecting. I'm glad that I watched it again, you know. He's and a sweet man. He is a really he's sweet man. He's a wise man. man and he's really good at what he does. Like he's very vulnerable. Yeah. And those and little cards he makes, it's great. Yeah, and he is being as real as he possibly can be. Yeah. You know? And I think that that is what we're trying to do. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's why I said we gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but but I'm glad to have had both of those experiences, you know, because I can see, I could see why, you know, people, I mean, I know that some of my clients who know that I have this podcast don't listen to this podcast. And that's like that, that, that's probably right for them, you know, Mm -hmm. and then the people that are, you know, it's right for them. And so like, you know, I'm glad that there are both options. Um, but it's, Yeah. It's a it's a beautiful documentary. Hmm. Yeah, it is a beautiful documentary. Sorry, I'm distracted. I gotta get my computer. Hold on. So, uh, continue. Yeah. Continue. So, the the one one of the the tools that he has is he talks about the shadow, mm-hmm. right? And how and he makes drawings, right? That, yeah. That's, it's it's a it's a great way to you know to connect with the person and kind of like connect with the the kid you know like or the just just some other part of you that's not linguistic it's yeah it's like it's, it's yeah well i love those therapists that do drawings on instagram you know they have uh illustrations yeah it's helpful yeah exactly and so there was a that he drew this like this figure that's like the shadow figure or shadow figure and and he does this kind of meditation with jonah hill and and uh ask asking him to get in touch with the shadow and so as he's doing this because i've already seen it once you know like i I watched it the first time and then this time i actually closed my eyes and i felt into my shadow and um you know the shadow that appeared was this 13 year old shy girl who is always very quiet and um just trying to be perfect you know mm. just trying to like get it right and and then when he asked him like how that part feels about him he was like oh you know i forget exactly what he said but i felt i was like oh this part feels completely abandoned mm. and that i'm always trying to over compensate you know for that part of me or you know or she's taken over in some way like i'm i am if i am her then it's um yeah like i i I have so much judgment of myself there you know and so what jonah hill says is that he like what what that part needs from him is like him to include that part of him right, in everything right. in his social and mm-hmm. his relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I thought like, yeah, that's, that's what I need to do. You know, I went to this 
open mic thing with Diana last night. Right. You know? Words are vibrations. Words are vibrations. James yeah. McRae. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, people are getting up and sharing their poems or mm-hmm. their songs or, you know, just improvising. I mean, it was, some of it was brilliant. Like really, I mean, all of it was beautiful and vulnerable and so deep. And, and, uh, I just kept like, I mean, he, he says like, it's not, there's no sign up list. It's basically like you go if you're called to go. Right. And, um, I just could feel like I was, I, I was, I wasn't called, but then at the very end, it was like this, this fear came up in me, you know? And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, not, you know, what were you thinking of doing? Singing a song. Like Mm -hmm. I had this, you know, this one song that I'm learning on guitar and you know, that was, that's the beauty of these things. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to, you know, like, and I think that the part of me that, 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 that 13 year old shy, mm-hmm. you know, perfectionistic girl, like took over, you know, just like, no, right. I'm not doing this. No, you know? And, uh, and so. And to, what did you do? Were you with her there? Did you say, oh, I understand you, you know, you can do it next time or it's okay that you're scared or. I mean, I wasn't really sure. Like I was kind of in it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for me to come out, but it was only actually for I told Ferd and he was like he was like oh no it's good that you didn't push it you know right. like you know you can go, go back next time yeah. you know and I that that it like relieved me you right. know and I I could feel like like he wasn't judging like yeah and so it's your first time there you're, you're sussing it out totally you know I mean and and for the most part that's what I was I'm getting doing. up the first time I go of course <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be the star <laughs> I'm going to prepare something so amazing that everybody talking about me saying he was the best of all the acts of all time. Maybe of all of these meetings, you're going to be the Allen Ginsberg. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what, uh, James was like his story. He, he had a, his first or his, his favorite poet is, is Allen Ginsberg mm. and, and, uh, how he had, written this like brilliant poem but had never shared anything with anyone and then there was an open mic like this and he got up and it changed the world really yeah no i didn't know that story so so yeah so i guess you know my intention today was to just bring that shy perfectionist girl i don't want her (laughs) get her the fuck out of here she's a little bitch grow up you you don't have to you don't have to want her i have to want her Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do I have to want mine? What's mine? I don't know. What is your shadow? My shadow? What yeah. is it? What, what did he say to prompt the shadow? Because there's a lot of ways to think about it. The part, What is, what's the, what was the meditation? Can you remember? It's like, close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Just do this. Do uh, this? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up? I don't remember him yeah, saying he said that it to like, Jonah Hill. Yeah. That's probably it's like just just do what I tell you to do. It's probably you know? hard to get Jonah Hill to stop talking. <laughs> it's probably also true for me. Well, go the, ahead. The voices, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Shut up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and just welcome the the mm. the part of you that that hides. What's the part of you that hides? The part that you're ashamed of. You said, how old did you say you were? 
13. 13. Okay. Because 12 is coming. And I was, I was like, mm. okay, I don't, you know, numbers get anchored. So I want to make sure that it's mm. 12, 6, somewhere in there, 6 to 12. Yeah, I, I, it's it's there's a there's a place where I'm resigned, and just resigned. This is what it is. Yeah, resign. I'm just alone. Mm-hmm. I'm resigned. I'm alone. I'm un, un. I have to hold back. I'm unseen. You know, I always tell this story and it, it, it about when I was six, and maybe I've told it on the podcast, but I've told it to Diana a number of times, and it comes up because it comes up all the time. Mm. I think it represents something. When I was, uh, I think I was six or maybe seven, but it was like the novice, the first year of like traveling team hockey, like trying out for the city team and I made the team, mm. but I couldn't play on the team. My mom wouldn't let me because she was a newly single mother and it required traveling around mm. and she just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I had to go play in house league and I was way better than everybody else in house league, like way, way better. Mm. I shouldn't have been playing with them and it was difficult because there was no i could have like there's a part of me that just could have dominated and scored like 10 goals a game mm-hmm. but that's not fun for me like there's so i had to hold back wow jeez wow i couldn't be fully expressed and then but i also got the message but you're not allowed to play with the guys who are at your level mm-hmm. and i think that stayed with me my entire life mm. some some place where i'm yeah, I, I'm. Um, I play small, and I hold myself back. I won't be fully expressed. I won't let people see all of my genius. Uh, yeah, I hide it. And how does that part of you feel? Angry. Mm. How does that part of you feel towards you? Mm. angry why well like let me out and how do you feel towards it well i can feel the lower self part of me which is like no stay down bitch (laughs) Mm -hmm. i had an ayahuasca ceremony once where I felt that I was simultaneously the victim and the perpetrator, meaning I was on top of myself, holding myself down, Mm. pressing myself down, torturing really, making me submit. And uh, it was just like, Feel that like you're not going anywhere. Like just stay down, stay down, stay down. You are under my thumb. Stay down. Feel that. Mm. And I was both the one underneath and the one on top. 
Damn. Yeah. And that that feels true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's well, interesting? Mm-hmm. Those two correlate. Yeah. So, and there's a tension there. There's energy in that tension, mm. and it's familiar. So maybe letting go of that is scary. Mm. It's hard to fully integrate those two aspects of myself because I have to give something up. There's a power in it. it. There's yeah, there's power in it. A kind of power. What kind of power? Well, there's a charge. I mean, there's there's a power of the the perpetrator who's on top. And there's even something in the victim. There's some something that the victim gets out of it. Like he doesn't have to take responsibility. There's there's some it's it's horrific, and yet there's a relief because mm. well, it's not my fault. This motherfucker's on top of me, keeping me down. Right. Yeah, because maybe if you played with the the city league, mm-hmm. you might not have. Who knows what would have happened? Who knows what would have happened? Yeah. yeah. Right. Might be might have played in the NHL. <laughs> right. Or probably not. <laughs> well, I felt that way as an actor. Mm. I felt like I played small because every level I went to, I could compete with whoever I was in a scene with. Right. Whoever I whoever I played with, mm-hmm. I just met them there. Mm. There was no I'm not good enough or I can't. I could, well, I don't know. I had, that's, maybe that's not totally, by the, at the end, at the end, I struggled because I, I don't think I was into it. I had a scene with Matthew Modine mm-hmm. and the dude is f- so fucking good. Yeah. I, I worked with him once too. You did? Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You take him for granted in some way because he makes it look so easy and he's so quirky and odd. But when you're actually in a scene with him. And he's looking at you and you're looking at him. It's like, like he's intense. He's intense. Yeah. And he's good and he's mm-hmm. powerful. Like there's something. And he's big. He's a big man. He's tall. He's got a big head. He's got yeah. He's a very powerful presence. And he's odd. He's a very odd person. Mm. Like he's he's strange. Mm. He's uh, uh, strange in what way? Just just, you know, uh. A slightly eccentric, just a slightly right. eccentric. Yeah. I mean, most great actors have uh-huh. a great artists have they're, they're That's why they're compelling to watch on camera. There's something ex- eccentric about them. Yeah. But, but no, but the truth is if I really let myself go, really let myself go, I can roll with Matthew Modine, you know, that maybe not in, in that circumstance of that scene, but, but, but I can go there, mm. you know, but yeah, no, I've held myself back. Mm. Do you feel like, well, um, what does that, that part of you need from you? Well, I was thinking about this, the podcast and the experiment of it, and it almost mirrors um, what I went through in Ann's school or the work that I did in therapy, which is it begins with... Um, some nervousness, some anxiety, and then you start to bring out the judgments, the criticisms, 
the blame and then you allow yourself to go into the lower self and express your your rage, your anger, your negative intentions, your fuck you and your resentments and then that ultimately is going to lead you to your pain and the grief and the sorrow and the fear and to feel that all the way through and then to come out the other side and feel like more integrated and whole and be able to be in life um you know with your love and your gifts and just express them more easily without all of the the kind of the baggage like you've, you've cleared it out you've purified you've cleaned it in mm-hmm. some way mm-hmm. and it's not a perfect process obviously and things still linger but i remember a couple of moments with ann where she challenged me in the place where I was stuck in the in the resentment or the anger, like I was experimenting, right? Mm-hmm. It's a thing when you're in these workshops to be an asshole or to mm-hmm. say something that you know is going to upset somebody in the group or they're going to judge you or people aren't going to understand. Like that there's something powerful about taking that risk and holding on to your goodness. Mm-hmm. Meaning and even if even if the thing you're saying is 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 cruel and judgmental, you're holding on to the goodness that, well, in it, this is part of a larger process and revealing this is helping in my healing. And I know I'm in the presence of a facilitator who can hold the entirety of this space and who has an awareness of what I'm doing. And so if somebody else is hurt or upset, she can hold them there too. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to serve in some way. Mm-hmm. But we can get stuck in places right mm-hmm. and Anne had to challenge me a few times and say okay that you know it's good that you're you you're doing this you've done this but is this still serving you mm-hmm. right is there a risk beyond this risk for you now and i feel that way about the podcast like maybe that's why we didn't publish the last two podcasts because there were certain risks that we took that were interesting to take but ultimately i don't know that they served anything mm-hmm. and so what is the new risk for me now that I've let the world see my judgments and my anger and my arrogance, my resentment, my pettiness, my narcissism, you know, what's, what's actually the vulnerable thing. What's the next risk is to let people see my heart to see how much I care uh my love mm. my gifts to stand all the way in my genius and i and i'm not saying i'm a genius we all we all we all have a genius mm-hmm. right and so but to stand all the way in mine and to give my gifts fully without any expectation of anything mm. right Mm-hmm. you have the right to your labor but not the fruit of your labor mm-hmm. sort of thing so that's that feels like the risk for me and I, I feel like I've put myself in a corner where <laughs> you know that's the only way out mm-hmm. you know I've, I've, there's a, a leverage that I've created for myself that the only way out of the situation that I'm in is to let let the world see my my heart which is the most vulnerable thing i think i mean i made a video about this yesterday 
How did you do that? How did I do what? How did you create that leverage? What do you mean when you say that? I mean, I, I don't I don't know exactly. I just I feel like I've put myself in a spot where what it is that I'm doing isn't really working. And um, it's not that it's not working. It's just that I have to take things to the next level. So um, just in terms of, you know, my career, like I don't I'm not in a situation where uh, I saved all kinds of money as an actor. And so I'm financially set like I have to keep earning and I have to keep building and there's something about that financial leverage and to and to all the things that I want like I I I am ambitious and there's I want big things and so that's gonna uh that that means I have to take big risks Mm. and that means I have to put myself out or do things in a in a much bigger way so that's and the only way that's going to work now is by letting the world see my heart Mm. It's not going to work any other way. Because you've tried. Well, uh, yeah, I've tried. And, and I mean, it could. It could work some other way, but that doesn't feel authentic to me. Mm. And it doesn't feel like there's a risk in it, but not not so. I mean, I could go evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, li- listen, I, th- I was listening to the, you know, they did this trade for the NBA or the WNBA player, mm. this woman who was in a, a Russian jail for smoking weed. Oh, right. Remember uh-huh. this story? Yeah, yeah, or she, yeah. she got caught with a, a pen or something, yeah. a, uh, a cannabis pen. And so they just did a trade, uh, a prisoner trade. And so we got her back and we, <laughs> we sent them back apparently like this evil motherfucker, terrorist, <laughs> who you know the demon of death or something like just some bad dude gun (laughs) runner um and they're just describing him in this report and i remember thinking that dude's bad that sounds badass like (laughs) what a risk to take i'm just gonna be the baddest motherfucker i'm gonna go full saddam hussein like there's something to it you gotta admire those guys uh and you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I do. I admire them. Like, mm-hmm. how can you not? They're they're going all the way into their thing, and we need them. You got to have the evil. So, I respect it. I respect this dude. See, so you um, you're at a choice point. Yeah, yeah. I could go evil or go or go good, but it's got to be one or the other. Right. But it, it has to be authentic. I can't suddenly be, uh, my videos can't suddenly be like spiritual bypass, heart-centered, <laughs> like bullshit. That's not my brand. All right. But I, I guess more on the podcast, because there's a, there's a mask that I've been wearing. There's something I've been hiding behind to a mm. degree. Uh, being provocative. It's a bit of a mask. I mean, there's also something authentic and I've taken a lot of risks. And like I said, I've done what I needed to do. And I think I was going through some kind of grieving process. What are the five stages of grief? I don't, I don't know, but I Mm -hmm. was going through them grieving once I read like the death of the culture or the death of my relationship to it, the the death of some aspect of me that believed in the matrix Mm. and waking up, you know, waking up to that and just being absolutely 
floored by it. But I, I feel like I'm in acceptance now. Mm. Okay, this is what the world is. This is what it's always been. I didn't know any better. This is what I was told from the time I was a kid. And now I'm seeing what it actually is. And okay. What are you going to do? We live in a delusion. And a lot of people are still in it. And we can get out of that delusion. And then we're always in some delusion. We're in another delusion. There's no escaping the matrix. You just go from one to another. But the one we're in is, or we've been in is, it's dying. So are you, are you saying that you're making the choice to love it? I'm trying. Mm. Trying. Mm-hmm. At least be with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not be in resistance to it. I mean, the, yeah. But also to focus on once you accept it for what it is, then you realize, oh, I have work to do. There's no point fighting it. Mm-hmm. Right. I have work to do. What's what's well? Yeah, I have to. Well, what now that I know the reality? Now that I've accepted it, it's like, well, what do I have to do to, for me to succeed in this world? Like, what do I have to do for me to be fully expressed to give my gifts? Like, what's like? Okay, here are the rules of the game. This is what reality really is. And if I'm willing to accept that, well, then I can. I can. I can manifest. I can. I can really do some wizard shit if you understand and accept what the world really is. What is the world? It's just a story. Everything's just a story. It's all just stories. You know, the mind creates stories to make sense of the incomprehensible. It's how we relate to each other. It's how we talk to each other. It's how it's like there's archetypes that we, we, we we need a kind of shared reality and we we create that through the stories we tell ourselves but there's a deeper level of reality that's beyond the rational mind beyond words it's just a felt experience but we don't we don't live in that place i mean animals do but we're impacted by music and images and I mean, words are vibrations. It's such a great mm. title, right? That like, or words are spells. Um, just how how we're affected by by language, or you know, how our unconscious is impacted by all the things we see, and how easily how easily we are programmed, right? To like, our minds are are malleable, right? They're prone to being hypnotized in some way and then to come into connection with other people like all there's a great line from the lucifer principle by howard bloom where he says that all the, the purpose of ideologies is social cohesion the ideology itself is not the point so marxism is not the thing like people oh marxism and they but most people don't know what marxism really is mm. Mm-hmm. Right, they think they know what it is, but what it actually does is create social cohesion. Mm-hmm. So we tell ourselves stories to create social cohesion because large group groups of people all connected by a 
singular story, whether that's the United States of America, whether that's Catholicism, whether that's Marxism, they can do things together. They can create things together. They can build things together. Mm. And so that's the point of it. And this is, you know, Yuhal Harari's book, Sapiens, gets to, I think, the root of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of things do, but that's that's a great book about it. So so what are the stories that we're telling ourselves? And, and then what is the story we're telling ourselves about ourselves? Because we're going to live out that story. What do you actually believe about yourself? And what if you let go of all those beliefs? What if you uh, disidentify with your identity and just let yourself exist in the in the zone, in that place where you feel like you're you're you've transcended, you're in a flow state. There's an intelligence that wakes up when you're singing or dancing or we're facilitating a workshop or you're playing sports, whatever it is. You, you know, that that is available to us all the time. And what if we choose to live in that place all the time? Mm. Like Kanye! <laughs> our hero! What? Who's the our, man? Our. My hero. Yeah, right. The man. The man, <laughs> the myth, the legend, the greatest artist of all time! The Leonardo da Vinci of our time. He's just crushing it everywhere you go. So... So happy with Kanye. Uh, I'm aware that that's a provocative statement. Is it though? Is it? Don't you really know? Are you, don't you really know? Can't you really see it? What's happening? People don't want to see it. You know what's going on. You know, Hitler wasn't such a bad guy. Like, what? what is that? What is that? What's he doing? He's provoking. Hey, he's a Hayoka. He's fucking with you. He's a troll. And it's working. He's just trolling. As soon as he's like, if it's not obvious when he's like, when, you know, Alex Jones is saying, you know, they call you a Nazi and they shouldn't be calling you a Nazi. He's like, no, Alex, you know what? I am a Nazi. Like, if it's not obvious to you in that moment that he's trolling, he's wearing a black mask. He's fucking with you. People don't like to be fucked with. Well, so let me, let me, let's, let's. This is my, I'm not going to say, and I, like, I'm, I'm not, there's all, I don't, people are, are triggered or I don't know what they're feeling. Okay. Hayoka. So in at Sundance, um, all the dancers are out there and there's also like uh maybe five, six, seven what they call Hayokas. And we all dance in lines, like in formations, but the Hayokas are just running around going crazy and they have all of these you know, they have outfits, they have these costumes that they wear, and they're all covered in masks Mm. they all wear masks over their face and they tantalize you they tease you they fuck with you i just want to say that while you're saying this like you're smiling it's like you're well the hookahs are awesome man (laughs) 
<laughs> you love that. Yeah. Well, there it's interesting, right? And and there was one guy last year who was just like the killer Hayoka, and they can do anything. And everything in Lakota goes clockwise, but the Hayokas always go counterclockwise. Mm -hmm. So when you enter into the arbor, you turn clockwise, but the Hayokas go counterclockwise and they can go anywhere and they can do anything. Meaning what? Give an example. They can just, they, they're, they have free reign. Like we are all subject to the rules and we have to do it this way and we have to go left here and go right here and do this and do that. They don't have to do any of that. They can just do whatever they want. Can they, can they trip you? Can they... Well, they, I mean, they can't, they don't, they don't do that, uh, but they could probably, but they tantalize you. They bring water and they drink it right in front of you or, you know, they'll stand in front of you, they'll eat a sandwich and they'll like offer you some, <laughs> you know, but mostly they're just sort of dancing around being wacky and silly, you and know, while we're all being serious and dying out there. Are they chosen to be? Well, I mean, I think there's probably some, actually, I don't know. I think there's probably some who volunteer. Um, I don't know exactly how what that protocol is, but um, there's definitely people that have, you know, a Hayoka spirit. Mm. And a lot of people have a Hayoka spirit, but some people are just like, that's, you know, Yoshi has a Hayoka spirit. Mm. But so let me just read this definition. The Hayoka is a kind of sacred clown in the culture of the Sioux, Lakota and Dakota people. Uh, the Hayoka is a contrarian jester, a satirist who speaks, moves, and reacts in an opposite fashion to the people around them. Only those having visions of the thunder beings of the West, the Wakian, and those who are recognized as such by the community can take the ceremonial, ceremonial role of the Hayoka. Kanye West is a Hayoka. Mm. That's all it is. That's all he's doing. It's an archetype. He's going counterclockwise. He's going counterclockwise. He's saying the things you're not allowed to say. Jews run the world. Hitler wasn't a bad guy. You know, I understand it's offensive to people. I understand it's, is he, I don't see any hate in his heart. If, if I felt vitriol in his heart, I'd have a different opinion, but I don't see that. He's clearly, he's clearly fucking with things. What's the purpose of the Hayoka in, in the tribe? Well, I guess it's to uh, to reveal things, right? Like that, you need the counter force to reveal the the places where things can become too rigid or too serious, or we become too attached to things. Mm. So it they they help keep things light. They help, uh, yeah. I think disentangle us from the places where we can get too too rigid, right? Or we're, we're committed to a lie. They can also, can they also hurt the, the tribe? Can, mm -hmm. or the... I, don't, I don't know. What do you mean hurt? Maybe. But so can rigidity. So can, you know. Mm. But they play a role as the point. Mm-hmm. You love the Hayokas. I love the Hayokas. Trump is a Hayoka. You are a Hayoka. I'm a Hayoka. <laughs> and I guess I like Kanye. I must he, love Hayokas too. <laughs> well, he 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 went all the way in. He went all the way. Right. He took it. Like, what is the thing you're not allowed to? The thing you're not allowed to say. Like, oh, you know, Hitler wasn't such a bad guy, or the Holocaust didn't happen like they say it happened. Those are that's. 
what do they call it? The third rail, the fifth rail, whatever it is, the untouchable rail, the thing you're not allowed to say, mm. he said. And if you look at the pattern recognition, that's what he's always done. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Just blurted that out as a non sequitur on television once with Mike Myers during Hurricane Katrina, some fundraiser on TV. Just it's it's it was like the first moment we're like, what the fuck, Kanye? And and then he went up on stage when Taylor Swift won the award mm-hmm. and said, you know, it should have went to Beyonce. That's not something you do. Mm-hmm. And then he put the MAGA hat on. Mm-hmm. Black man wearing a MAGA hat? That's not something you're supposed to do. You're definitely not supposed to say slavery is a choice. Mm. Was a choice. And you definitely can't say the Jews run the world. And you definitely can't say Hitler wasn't such a bad guy. Mm. (laughs) I mean, come on. He said he invented the microphone and they had really awesome outfits. The Nazis, which is true. I mean, they did have awesome uniforms. You got to admit the the aesthetic of the Third Reich is pretty spectacular. That is true. I mean, that's that's people. A lot of people agree on that. On that, right? Isn't Hugo Boss? Didn't he come from that? I don't know. Are you uncomfortable, Angela? You don't. You don't uh, endorse any of this. You're not. Uh, no, no. I'm. I'm listening. I'm listening. It's just a point of view. It's just a point of view. Mm -hmm. Just a point of view. I'm not, you know, um, I'm just watching, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm, but, but I'm hearing you right now. It's interesting. It's an interesting frame to think of the Hayoka, Hayoka, Hayoka's of society. Yeah. And their role. Right. And, that maybe they are here to trigger the thing inside of you mm-hmm. um, that needs to be looked at. Right. Whatever that thing is. Yeah. Um, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. I mean, what's the pushback? Who's let's, let's imagine I want to, I want to, cover you here people out there listening they're upset they don't like it well that's all fine and good but there's real world impact people are listening to kanye yeah maybe he's a hayoka but there's disturbed people out there are going to use the things that he says to rationalize their hatred of jewish people and that puts jewish people at risk Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to say this, okay? And Dave Chappelle said it, right? On the Saturday Night Live special, right? Black people get together, it's a gang. Italians, it's a mob. When Jews, it's just a coincidence and you can't talk about it. It's human nature for people to get together, similar people, and uh, act in their own self-interest. And Jews definitely do that. Like every other group. And they're really good at it. And they have a lot of power in a lot of places. And we're not allowed to talk about it. That's a true thing. 
It's not anti-Semitic to say that. It's just it's just a true thing. There's nothing wrong with it. We're not allowed to talk about it because... I guess because that will uh, incite resentment against them and they have a history of being persecuted and victimized and that will increase the likelihood of that. Which I understand, that argument. Like, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And... and there is also, I just, I, warning bells go off for me, danger, when there's something we're not allowed to say. Like a lie, to which is a lie, it's a lie. I don't think a lie is a good thing. I think we Wait, need to be in the truth. What's the lie? That, like, the lie is, when you, we're not allowed to talk about something, it's covering some lie. There is truth in it. It's not like it's not a big conspiracy of the Jews run the world. It's not like that. But the Jews have a lot of power in the banking industry, in the media industry, in Hollywood. Like they're very successful. And that's a fact. And what I don't understand what's wrong. It's to me, it's like saying there's a lot of black people in the NBA. I guess black people must be good athletes. That's racist. It's not racist. Everybody knows that's true. But we're not allowed to say it. What are these things that we're not allowed to say? What? What? Why aren't we allowed to say them? Like, I just feel like the truth is always better. Whatever, and I understand there's there's always repercussions and there's harm that can come when you speak the truth. But it's the harm is less. We have to be in the truth. What happens if you don't say it? I think that more harm can come. In what way? Well, then people know some people feel more resentment. Because they feel like they're not allowed to say the thing. And then they feel, then there's a conspiracy. Then they feel like it, it is a conspiracy. And then it is a conspiracy. It, in fact, is a conspiracy. Wait, what do you mean? Well, if you're not allowed to talk about something, then it's a conspiracy that everybody knows is true. If you're not allowed to say a thing, then that's, a cons- that's the definition of a conspiracy. I don't get it. What? what? If, if, okay, so what is it? 80, 90% of the media companies, you know, the big media companies in the United States are owned by Jewish people. And we're not allowed to say that. We're not allowed to talk about that. We're because of what the, the conclusions that people will draw from that. Right. We, we, like, if you say that, you're, you're in trouble. I'm in trouble right now. Right. If you say that, it's not good. And so the, but it's true. You're saying something that's actually true. And so if I'm not allowed to say a thing that's true, that's a conspiracy. They're hiding they're hiding something. They're telling me this is this is not okay for you to say that. And if you do say it, we're, there's going to be action against you. The ADLU is going to come down or whatever it is, whatever they're going to ADL, whatever they're called. That's a that is a conspiracy. So that's my point. It makes it worse. Now you now you have this situation where it's like if you're not allowed to talk about something, yeah, it's and that, that incites more resentment and more suspicion. Towards the Jews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like we're not allowed to talk about election interference, right? We're not allowed, we're not allowed to talk about it. It's like, well, that makes me think there was something there. Mm. Right? So the, the things we're not allowed to talk about are they're hiding something. And you can say, well, it's for good reason because this and this and this, for reasons, whatever reasons, because harm will come. 
And that 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 may be true. That may be true. Right. But you're saying less harm than if we don't. The truth will set you free. You have to tell the truth about everything. Not that I do. I mean, you know, I I have things that I'm sure that I hide. Mm -hmm. And those things eat at me. Mm. It's not good for me. Mm -hmm. It's not healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it's natural for human beings to feel resentment towards those who are doing better than them. And I don't think anybody can deny that the Jew, the Jews, they're fucking awesome. They're phenomenal. They're crushing it. I, I have nothing but admiration and respect. That's how I feel. Teach me, tell me. They figured it out. I don't know. I mean, I understand it's not all Jews. I get it. I get it. That's my feeling about it. Mm. That feel, I mean, is that, how does that sound? Is that, do I sound crazy? Does it sound reasonable? It sounds like, um, I mean, this is what we're doing, right? Right. We are trying to take the risk of speaking as much truth as we possibly can. Well, this is how I feel. Right. We don't, maybe I'm wrong. Right. About exactly. Maybe there's something I don't understand. I'm totally, open but the only way to find out where i'm wrong what i don't understand is to say what i see and then have something reflected back to me Mm -hmm. and i'm open to to that but also i I need my argument acknowledged Mm -hmm. like you you have to demonstrate to me that you understand what it is that i'm saying and then counter it and i haven't seen that You haven't seen that from anyone. Well, no, no, I, I, no, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Wait, define that. The well, the the, the argument. What I'm saying about, you know, what's true and what's not true, right? Like, are we going to tell the truth? What I'm saying, because the what happens. I mean, this is what happens with all of this stuff, whether it's transgender or racial issues, it's like when there's pushback, it just comes in the form of name calling and demonizing. You're an anti-Semite, you're a racist, you're a transphobe, you're a homophobe. They don't address the actual argument. And that's suspicious to me. That's all. Well, only my, my, uh, because what, uh, I'm just going to say what they believe, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're doing is harmful, right? Yeah. And what you're saying is that, uh, I'm just, you believe that speaking the truth, whatever that is, is going to be less harmful than, than. Yes. Not. Of course. Well, what they're going to say is that's not true. 
what you're saying isn't true. Right. And so the, it's like, or, they, but they're And then I'm going to say, well, look at, here's all the data. And then they're, they're going to explain it away. Well, that's because of this and this and that. Right. Like transgender people, suicide rates or, you know, black on black crime. Like the issue in, Black America is not white cops killing black people. It's black people killing each other. And why aren't we focused on that? Well, that's because of systemic racism and, you know, they, they explain it away that it's not their fault. And it's like, I'm sure that's true, but we're here now. Like that is where the problem is. And you're focusing all your attention on this other thing that's actually not going to solve the problem. If we stop, if white cops stop killing black people, that does not solve the problem of black people being murdered. So why don't we go to where the problem actually exists? And that that is somehow racist to say that. And so there's a lie that's baked into that. And anybody who points to that lie is called a racist. What's the truth? What I just said, that's the, the, the main problem is it's black on black crime. That's, oh, that's the problem. Like that's, that's where the problem is or th- th- just statistically speaking. So that's where you'd want to go. What is there? What is in that? Well, if you go to those black communities, they are like, we need more policing this whole defund the police thing. There's those people in those neighborhoods were like, what the fuck are you talking about? And we need more policing. So there's lies all over the place. And, but this goes back to, this is what the world is. That's the matrix. It's how it works. It's how it's always worked. You see it in game of Thrones. Sinner. You know, when the 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 Christian people come in or the, the the church people come in and they just take over. And they just use this kind of moral superiority to completely usurp everything. And they have all of this power and they're they're completely evil. They're manipulating people. And that's what I think is happening. I'm not saying every, this is the problem. There's all, there's real concerns. There's real issues to be dealt with, but I'm just saying in general Mm -hmm. that if there's something you're not allowed to say or talk about, I'm suspicious. Mm -hmm. And the Hayoka Kanye is going right into the heart of the, the thing, the very thing that we're not allowed to talk about and say. And I think that has value. Mm. I think it's important whether you like it or not. It's it's necessary. It's needed. And does it do harm? Maybe. Probably. But. But not as much as. Not as much harm as the lie. We know that. We know that intuitively. Lies beget more lies. It's hard to tell the truth. Well, it's hard to tell the truth. And I'm aware that the way that you're telling your truth right now is different from the two podcasts that we didn't publish. Right. 
This is why we didn't post them because I was defended and angry. But now I've accepted. So there is a way to speak the truth that is, you know, it's. I mean. Yeah. Well, I'm hopefully being somewhat nuanced. Yeah. That's not what Kanye is doing, no. but you, you, you can't be nuanced when you're trying to point at something. You have to, you have to be provocative to get attention, right? You have to, you have to blow the thing up and I've done that and it works. You, know, you post some nuanced take on whatever the social issue is everyone's talking about and nobody comments on it. Nobody likes it. There's nothing, but you say something incredibly provocative all of a sudden Everybody's talking, everybody's commenting, and everybody's outraged. And then you can actually get into a dialogue. Mm. Right? I mean, that's the technique, right? Like you you hit them with something emotional that's going to trigger them. Now they're in, you know, they they attack you or they defend or whatever it is. They they're coming after you. And then if you can hold that and then lead them to the more nuanced take. Right? That's the technique. Mm. You hook them in and then you lead them to something deeper. But you have to hook them in first. Mm. And does it stick? Well, maybe. Somewhere. You know, the things that you you say or, you know, they may not ultimately agree. But if you're being reasonable, and that's what I would do. I'd be completely unreasonable in my original post. Mm -hmm. You know, or, or not unreasonable, just provocative. And then in all of my response to the comments, I'd be nuanced and reasonable. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. I wouldn't defend. Mm. And so that has to go in, right? They're, they have to consider. So that's what you're seeing Kanye do. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe it'll take somebody else. I mean, Ho Hotep Jesus was the first one, first video I saw that affirmed how, what I was thinking. I mean, it's scary because this is what I was thinking. As soon as I saw him with the mask, I was just like, hey, Oka. Okay, he's hey, Oka. Because mm. that that's what the guys out in the field look like in the arbor. It was just like, that That was my, I had a wow. visual memory, right? right? I had a reference point. I'm like, hey, Oka. Wow, that's, yeah. And then I looked up the definition. I mean, I knew what it was, but I just looked it up to read it. And yeah, I was like, that's exactly what he's doing. Then I listened to more of what he was saying. And it was so outrageous. It was just like, well, this is, you know, but everybody was freaking out. And then Hotep Jesus, who's this brilliant, interesting commentator, black guy, he's no bullshit. And he, he just said, he's trolling trolling you and if you fell for his troll you his bitch you're his bitch and then he went on to say like the larger point that he was making which I, I won't get into but he had a whole theory about it about what what he's actually saying or what he's pointing to mm. which mm -hmm. was really interesting which I, I, I'm not sure if I 100% agree with exactly that but he's pointing to something He's pointing to some contradiction. Mm -hmm. Mm. So. Well, if everyone's getting triggered. Then yeah, exactly. Must be... <laughs> That's the tell. Right. That's the tell.
you know, I always said this. This is why I was so fascinated by Trump because if you're in a group, I've said this many times, you know, in the work that we do, and there's one person that everybody's annoyed by, that everybody's triggered by, and people, well, people want to get rid of that person. He's the problem. And it's like, well, or is the problem that you're all reacting to him? Like, what is it in you that's, as a group, that's reacting so strongly? And it doesn't mean that that person doesn't have their issues or isn't a narcissist, but there's something going on. And that's what I'm most curious about. Mm. And I've done it. I've done it in groups and I've seen it. And maybe I'm just super sensitive to the lie for whatever reason. I don't know why. There's something about I can't tolerate the lie. And there's probably something neurotic in that. I've talked about it before. Or maybe you're not supposed to. Or maybe I'm not supposed to. Maybe that's why God put me here. You know, Kanye and I have the same birthday. Wow. June 8th. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gemini's. That's right. Uh-huh. The Hayoka of the astrology system. <laughs> mm-hmm. I look forward to the day when I get a text. Wish happy birthday, brother. Happy birthday. <laughs> Yay. We should be friends. Come on. I would do the definitive Kanye West interview. Just like I did the definitive Andrew Tate interview. Right. <laughs> Come on. Are you with me, people? Come on. Just go along. Take the ride. Take the ride. It's okay. It's okay. I won you over. You're smiling. I am. I, I mean, I, I I like what you said. I like the way you said it. Mm. I'm, you know, it makes, it's going to make me think about um, society in a different way. Right. Just who are the Hayokas? That's cool. I like, I like thinking about it in that way. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about Yoshi in that way. Why do you, why did you say Yoshi was a Hayoka? Well, he's he's a contrarian. He he likes to fuck with people. I mean, a lot of the Lakota people, they're 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 a little they have that edge to them. They like to, they like to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Chiefs like to fuck with you. Mm. Uh he's got some of that. You know, he went up date to David um fourth day of vision quest. He's like, "Okay, you just got one more day." Things like that. You know. Wait, what? When David Daniel was on Vision Quest. Yeah. And he went up to him on the fourth morning. He's like, okay, David, it's good. You're doing very good. You just have one more day now up here. I'll be back tomorrow to get you. And David was like, what are you talking about? This Isn't today the fourth day? <laughs> I was like, no, no. Day three, David. You know, the mind goes sometimes. It's hard. Uh, on the hill. It's okay. You know, we'll get you tomorrow. Like just stuff like that. I mean, he's not full scale Hayoka, but he's got he's got some Hayoka spirit in him. Mm-hmm. But it's listen, man. It's 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 a lot to hold. And also the example he's setting. I don't think he's crazy. I, I'm, I'm I think there's some issues. I think he's a narcissist. I'm not saying that he doesn't have. 
You're talking he's about not, Kanye. Yeah, uh-huh. Kanye. I'm not saying he's not on the spectrum and all of that. Like, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't? No, it's part of it. It's part of it. It's also the price you pay. For what? It, there's a cost to everything, man. You want to go all the oh, way I into see. something? Mm-hmm. You want to go to the center of a thing? You're going to pay a price. Mm-hmm. You're going to go a little crazy. Mm-hmm. I feel that with the Lakota stuff. It's like it's it changes me. It's good. It's a good thing, mm-hmm. but it does something to you. You you pay a price. Mm. Yeah, that's There's true. There's a cost. Yeah. And it's worth it, but it's it's not free. Makes you a little mad. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think you can get out of that. I don't think you can go all the way into one thing like 100% commitment. And not go a little mad. Mm-hmm. Like it's part of it. We're a lot mad. That's the price. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. It's interesting, you know the what the what what you're saying right now makes me think of, um, you know, I'm I'm learning a lot in terms of human design, right? The system. And one of the things that I now understand about myself, I'm something called quad left. I have all the four left, four arrows pointing to the left. Quad a, left. Yeah. Uh, it's not really important like right now, mm-hmm. um, just in terms of like explanation of that, but just to understand that there's a way in which I can focus so deeply that it comes almost a hyper focus that I lose focus of anything else that's going on. Right. And, um, I mean, this is something that I think, you know, like people know about, about me, but I don't, I'm not necessarily even aware that I'm this hyper-focused because it's just a part of me. You Mm -hmm, know, it's mm -hmm. what makes me, I I think the work that I do with clients, like, it's like I can go so deep in, you know, and there's nothing, like, there's nothing else that's distracting me. Mm -hmm. Um, but so, uh, Ferd and I were at this restaurant and we were um sitting at the bar and the guy who was the wait the bartender he wasn't a bartender we think he was the manager the owner of the restaurant and um I was sitting there by myself at first because Ferd was parking the car and he was kind of cold you know French Mm -hmm. guy very you know just kind of like I I would say something and he didn't look at me didn't smile it was just like you know okay so he was kind of like that for during the dinner and Ferd and I, like it was, it was, we had, we had a really nice time and we were laughing and, and then at the end of the night, um, Ferd goes to the bathroom and I'm, um, and he comes back. I know that Ferd's behind me, but I'm putting on my jacket and as I'm putting on my jacket, I feel somebody help me with my jacket mm-hmm. and I turn around and it's this French guy, you mm-hmm. know? And like, it surprised me. I was like, oh, I mean, I appreciated it, Mm -hmm. but I was just kind of surprised that it wasn't furred, you know, and that he had, I mean, it was like he stepped in. Do you you know what I, like it was like, oh, I see. Yeah. Cause furred was right behind me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so then we leave, as we leave the restaurant, he's, he's standing there and he shakes furred's hand. 
like we're leaving and he, he shakes his hand and for we like we leave and for it's like oh that was funny you know like i wonder why i shook my hand you know it's like probably doesn't shake everybody's hand that's what right. he says you know and i am you know i'm just kind of like okay you know I, I didn't really think too much about it but the next morning i woke up and i was really disturbed by this you know and um he, and so then i i i went to him and we talked about it and i said I think what happened, like what happened, this is, this is just all I know is that I, I was putting on my jacket. I had a hard time. I wanted you to help me with my jacket. Like I would have preferred you to help me with my jacket, you know, Yeah. that this guy, this random cold French guy, like, you right. know, help like steps in. He, he helps me with my jacket and then he shakes your hand. He didn't shake your hand because it was like, you know, you're a great guy. He shook his hand. He, sh- he shook your hand because he knew he stepped in. Right, right. He knew it and I knew it. Right. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. You know, like you're my man and I'm your woman. Like, Why like, do you step in? Well, then F- Ferd said to me, he was like, you know, the reason why I didn't help you with your jacket is because you almost hit me, which you always do. <laughs> you are not spatially aware. And I was like, you're not spatially aware like that I, that i you know and and then you i had to put this, that in your instagram bio i'm not, not spatially, spatially aware. aware well and then i had this like understanding about my human design chart that i hyper focus and so i was like i can i mean i can focus and then i can hyper focus so then i become not aware of my surroundings mm-hmm. i'm just focused on whatever getting this job yeah, i live whatever. with someone like that right and so I just then, I then I, I told I explained that to Ferd, you know, like about this mm-hmm. thing, and it was so interesting because he said what he said was that he was like he he actually appreciated understanding that about me because mm-hmm. he knows that you yeah. know and I was like I I think I need help sometimes like literally like I was chopping the something I was chopping some vegetable, and he was trying to get in to throw something in the garbage. And I didn't move out of his way, not because I was trying to block him, but because I was so focused on chopping this thing yeah. that I didn't notice, you know? And so I, I I actually said it. I was like, see this thing that just happened? You're like, this is where how I get hyper-focused. And he was like, like he, he noted it. Right. But to him, he's thinking that I'm consciously trying, you know, like not to notice him or to, you know, like, yeah, no, it's, I've had to get over that with Diana because she has that as well. And at first, you know, we had some big fights. I feel like you're not, I'm like, you're not attuned to me. Right. You're not like aware of me, like of what I need or, you know, and, and then I, and then, and which was fair. And she's, she took that in and made an effort, but I also realized like, yeah, she just gets lost in her world. And I, you know, yeah, I shouldn't take it personally, and I don't anymore. Well, that's and that's what I think it, it helped for to understand. Yeah, that. it helped me to understand that about myself, and then to explain it to him, right. like helped him to because he said, "You, there's some way in which I see the world in that way. Like I don't trust that people have good intentions or something mm. like that." And I thought, that's "Oh," and so like which really made me upset because it was like, "No, I am trying to think of you a lot." Right, right, and that you would think that I'm not is really upsetting to me, right. you know? Yeah. And so, um, so what you're saying, like just in terms of Kanye, it's like, 
this is just the way my brain works. You know, I'm going to, I'm working, I'm, I need to work on zoning out a little bit, you know, or, or uh-huh. zoom, zooming out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but to, you know, to be more spatially aware, to be more conscious, you know, like that's my work, but it's not how I'm, I don't think that that's how I'm wired. Mm. I think I'm actually wired to go all the way in to something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like I, I appreciate what you're saying. And there is a cost. And there is a cost. Right. Exactly. Because you're not aware of things around you. And, yes. And in that case, people can get hurt. hurt. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. I, I was telling Diana the story where, remember that workshop we did? Maybe it was the first one. I think it was sexuality. And it was the first morning. And this man said that he was attracted to you mm-hmm. do you remember this are you the one in toronto yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then uh you started working with him i think you guys got on the opposite side of the block and you started bringing your pelvises and i even that because it was the first morning i was like do we need to be fucking the block in the first morning i'm looking around <laughs> like okay I'm gonna let Angela do her thing. There's no, there, nothing was named. There was no, okay, just pulled it out and started at it. And, and this person had a lot of experience, so it made sense that you would go there with him. But it was also a large group. It was like 23 right. people, and not all of them were, uh, not all of them were experienced. And then you went from that to, you know, I'm having this impulse that you should basically get on top of me and rape me. And I'm like, lady, it's the first fucking morning. Like, and I'm looking, and I had to stop it and kind of explain to the group what was happening, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, this is why we're doing this. It's because of this and that. And I know this may be disturbing for some of you. We may be upsetting. And, you know, if there's feelings that come up, just know, but this is why. And, And you were like, oh, right, right, yeah. And then we talked about it after. I was like, Angela, you can't just fucking <laughs> let somebody rape you in the first fucking morning of the workshop with no explanation to the group. What the fuck is going on? Well, to be fair, I was still relatively new. I know. I know. And I was excited. Yeah, no, know? it was. Well, your was, instincts were right. It, it wasn't like it was wrong. It was just. I Meaning I was excited about, I think. I was about just getting like, raped? No, about the work. You know, about, about the work. Yeah. 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 You like, were excited. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to try things out, you right. know, and right. I think I that's what happens when you're new. Like, you just that's like, true. just like, I've got these tools and I want to use right. them. And I think this can help you, you know, and, but yeah, there's context and there's, there's right. timing and there's, you know, nuance and like, you know, that comes with some practice. experience. Yeah. Yeah. So. You've gotten better. Well, you didn't stop me. I, I no, I stopped and I explained to the group. That's what I right. said. What was going yeah. on? No, I wasn't going to stop you. I'm not going to tell right. you that's what to true. do. That's true. Yeah, and it was the guy you were working with was experienced. It felt right. It, it just it felt right. But uh, I mean, I had a first. I had an hour in. It was a very experienced group. Not where somebody called somebody else a cunt. An hour in. That was that was fun. You called somebody? Or? No, I didn't. Oh. Somebody in the group called somebody else a cunt. And what happened? Now they had a relationship, these okay. two. Right. They had a history. 
and there was a conflict and they uh you know it was it was it was going to come out and and I knew that but it came out not at the appropriate time uh way too early and uh it just you know and immediately uh a woman uh was like I'm fucking out of here this is bullshit he's just going to call her a cunt and that's it and he can stay like she had a a whole fit about it she was upset understandably so so i had to say to her well i understand why you want to leave and if you didn't hold back like Wait, if can you I, stayed can I just, so, yeah I, I just want to stop for a moment what um like i just want to make sure that what we're doing is i don't know ethical like we're talking about people in the workshop i know that nobody knows who they're talking about Nobody knows that you're talking about them. Yeah. Well, we're not naming who they are. No, we're that's not allowed true. to talk about it. I don't know. I feel there's something. I'm just feeling something. So I want to be. I, I don't know. I want to say that. Hmm. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. I guess that's what we say. I mean, these were. This was like eight years ago but okay you make the call when that it's i mean it's over now i'm not i can't feel you know i can't i can't talk about it well i i mean right but i, I guess i yeah like i feel i feel uncomfortable something why uh because I don't know these these it's like what we say in the workshops like we don't talk about these things outside of outside you know except with except with your your own experience you I think know that's wrong why can't you talk I mean nobody does that zero people do that zero people hold to that that's not true I hold to that you hold to that with fur it's a group of people that he doesn't know. He doesn't know anybody in the workshop. He's completely oblivious. It, it means nothing. And you're telling him uh, like something that happened. Like. You mean, do I tell Ferd things that happened in the workshop? Yeah. No. <laughs> Why not? I mean, do I say what, things... how what's the harm? Who are you harming? I mean, I'm not harming anyone, but I, you know, I'll, I'll talk about like if I, if there's something that's, I mean, it's not that I don't say anything. Um, but what is, why not? Like, I'm just curious. Why not? Like if, if no, if you're talking to somebody who has no context, has no idea who might've, who these people might've been. Well, the reason the that harm? we, we do that is so that people feel safe to come and share their deepest, darkest, most intimate details of their but, life. But, but how does telling, if I go on a trip to Thailand and I'm talking to some person who will never meet these people, will never know them, and I tell them about things that happen in the workshop, how does that violate confidentiality? Well, it violates the 
promise that we've made but the promise is wrong is what i'm saying well then don't make the promise well that's what i'm okay that but that's that's fine but i'm i'm saying that's what i'm saying the promise is wrong because nobody nobody holds to it because there's no reason to because it doesn't make any sense why do you say it doesn't make any sense well explain to me why I I want to know. You're just the your answer is because that's what we said. No, my an, no. Why my, why are we making that promise? What does it do? My answer is because people who come to the workshop, they're they they need a place to feel safe. Yeah, and they need to, a place where they feel safe enough to bring these parts of themselves out in a way that is truthful, in a way that they probably never have before. That's so incredibly vulnerable and. They want to feel like that there's there's nobody's going to be like talking about it or laughing about it or judging it or like saying anything. They just want to feel like right now I'm going to reveal this thing so that we can so I can I can be free. But to do that, part of it is the confidentiality to feel that there's there are these boundaries. It's a lie. Confidentiality is a lie. For you, maybe. It doesn't, but it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. Like what, it, it, it's just, so it's a, a psychological trick because there's no harm. There's no harm in talking about with somebody about a process that this person has no idea about. And how are you talking about it? How are we talking about it? Is there any kind of mocking or derision? Like we're talking about it in a way that's helping illuminate the things that we do. It's not gossip. It's all intention. I have no problem with it. I'm in my integrity all the way. When I talk about this, any of this stuff, it's like I feel like I'm completely in my integrity. And it's between me and me. That's how I feel. And if I'm saying to somebody about what happened in a process that this they don't know anybody that was in the workshop. And there's no, you know, why, why is that? I don't even understand why that would be a violation of confidentiality since there's no connection between the person listening and the, the person who actually did the work. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that we, we have, we've set something up in that way. So now are you saying that in the workshop that we're doing tonight, like, are we? Yes. Are we I'm saying? Gonna, I'm going to have this conversation. We're going to have this conversation. Yeah. It, how? I'm curious, like, how? I'm going to say exactly what I just said and see how people react. I mean, all I'm, I mean, I think the world is different now. I, I don't, I don't, it makes no sense to me anymore. This stuff is out. Maybe that made sense at a time when. I think secretly people had shame about this work. I, th- I think that's what it's about. I think that, you know, the, the core energetic stuff originally, I think it was, there was a lot of weirdness going on. And I think there is, a, there can be a lot of weirdness and it's not a judgment, but I think there was, um, people were scared to really let people know what was going on in these rooms. How do I know that? Because when I started filming this stuff, there was a lot of strange reactions. What do you mean? People were uh, concerned about, I think, I, I, this is maybe just my interpretation, but people saw some of the footage and I think there was a lot of people that were excited. 
but there was a lot of people that were very concerned. Oh, people are going to see it in this way, or they're going to think this thing, or it was like, so what? Who gives a fuck what people think? This is what we're doing. It's awesome. Let show it to the world. Let them let them see it. Let them judge it. Well, who, I don't give a fuck. But a lot of people were didn't feel that way, and it made me wonder. Like, hmm, is there a secret shame they have? about this work are they embarrassed are they worried what people are going to think if they actually see what it is oh about the work about the work not about themselves what well it's the same thing about the work and their relationship to it they're i mean they're in the work so i think that's where that comes from maybe something I, i just don't i don't get it I never, ha- I never asked for confidentiality. I said always, you guys can talk. I'm an actor. I don't give a fuck. You can say whatever the fuck you want. You can talk about me, literally. I know you are anyway. So go ahead. Everyone's gossiping. Everyone's talking shit. It's fine. But everything's on video these days. I mean, it's all out. So I don't really see the problem. I, I agree we sh- you shouldn't use names. It should be anonymous. But I think people are talking about it. And I don't really see the problem. I think we should get supervision. Really? What do you mean? I mean, I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I don't disagree with with what your what your um like. I feel I feel your integrity, you mm-hmm. know, like in terms of um how you're holding it mm-hmm. in you. Um, but it's you know it's tricky. It's a it's a, a fine line, and I mm, I guess what I'm. I guess when I'm thinking about it in terms of our clients or the people coming to our workshops, Mm -hmm. you know, I do think it holds a stronger container if people think that they're not going to be talked about. I mean, everybody knows that's a lie. Nobody believes that. I don't think that's true. You don't think that's true? No. You what? Ninety percent? What's the percentage of people in the work that come to our workshops or do this work that don't talk about it outside? That that actually follow to the letter of the law what we suggest, what we say, what the contract is. It's like only talk about your experience. Don't talk about anything that you saw in here. And that person goes back to their husband or their wife who no, doesn't know any of these people, will never know any of these people, or their friend. And they want to talk about what they saw. And I would argue that talking about what they saw is actually a good thing. They're spreading the word. This is what's going on. You have to hear this. This is what I saw. It was unbelievable. It blew me away. I want them talking about it.
so you know we say that but i just don't, i don't believe 50 maybe 50 percent. i'll give you 50 percent. i think it's probably more like 20 percent of the people actually follow it to the letter mm-hmm. but i'll give you 50 so already we're nobody's you know that, that's my guess I like the discussion. <laughs> you like the discussion? Yeah, because it's. I feels like, okay, well, at least we're going to get closer to what the truth is. Like, what's what's the truth of what's actually happening, and what's the truth of what what really holds a safe container for people? Right. And maybe it should be. We should. We can if. Um, we can ask. Because we would have these discussions and I would say, I don't care. I just want everybody to know I don't give a fuck. You can talk about me. You can talk shit about me. I don't care. I know I already, because I was like, I already know you are. I didn't say that, but that's how I felt about it. So we can ask people just the same way. If you bring a camera into the room Mm -hmm. these days, which everything has a camera, everything is being videoed. That's the other thing. We're living in a new world. Everything's on tape. Mm-hmm. So, and you, it, it has to be in some way or you can't compete in the marketplace if you don't have photography and video of the work that you're doing, which I understand changes it. It's it become, does it become more presentational? And I, I guess it does something, but we can't escape it. We're living in virtual reality world. I mean, the thing, the, the or other- Or we can and just, we cannot do it and- the, the place that... But the, wait, sorry, just to finish yeah, yeah. the thought. You say to people, do you want to be on camera or not? You ask people in advance. And the people who say they don't want to be in camera, the photographer will not take pictures of them. Or if they happen to be in a picture, it won't be used. Right? That's the agreement. Mm-hmm. So it would be the same kind of agreement. Is there anybody that feels under any context that they don't want to be spoken about? Obviously, we all agree that we're not going to use your name or point out a picture that's who this person was but if you're talking about them in the abstract does anybody not want that let's see what happens okay yeah why would anyone care people do i think i would care why i think i'm one of those people why i don't know i want to feel like what I, whatever it is that I'm, because, yeah, probably, be, yeah, because I had a lot of shame around certain places in myself that I, I needed to feel like there was some kind of safety that wasn't going to come out. Whether that was true or not, I wanted to, like, it was like, okay, if I, if I believe that this is a safe container and nothing's coming out, then I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to let all of this stuff come out. Angela, you know, um, that work you did on your sexuality in that workshop, like I know somebody who like they would be so important for them to hear that. And I'd love to be able to share that with them. I won't obviously use your name or point to, to you in any way, but just like what I saw was so impactful. And I think it would really help her to know like what happened. Would that be okay if I shared that? I mean, wh- where I'm at right now, of course. But I think for some people, I'm, no. 
I think for some people, I think that's true. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But I don't think that's like, it's not an unreasonable ask. Right. No. And no. it's, it's the intention is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's ultimately where I go with all this. It's like, I, I'm trusting my good intentions. Like, I'm not talking shit about people. I'm not. Like, even in the things we were talking about, I'm. I mean, it's about you. The story's about you. And the story's about the work, really. And it happened a long time ago. And I don't know. Maybe you're right. I guess. I think it's 50-50, like you said. But the thing that I was going to say was that in A Course in Miracles. Yeah. <laughs> there are no private thoughts. Exactly! Which I think is interesting. You know, I, I think that concept, there are no private thoughts like, you know, that we're like, we all know, you know, there's all there's there's something. That's what I'm saying. It's a lie. I mean, you do. I, I understand you hold you do hold, you know. But <laughs> and, and that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it was one thing we were all in the school together. And you're in your class and I'm in my class and, you know, Mike and you guys were like, you're like a vault for not talking about what had happened in your class. That, that's fair. Mm. Though I thought that was bullshit. I think I, I thought everything should be out. We're all in the same school together. I want to know what's going on in your class. Mm. I have a right to know what's going, what the fuck is going on over there. You guys are all hiding it. That all felt like bullshit to me. It didn't feel like we were hiding it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. You weren't with Walt Schmidt. He wasn't telling me oh. stuff because it was a way that he had power and control over me. I called him on. He said that he said, that's exactly right. I was like, this is not about you being in your integrity, Dick. It's just you being an asshole. So. You just used his name. Okay. So what? I love him. I know. Come on. Just I'm just his saying. name. He's, do you know how overjoyed he would be that he was mentioned? I miss him. Mike. We miss you. Yeah. You look anxious. Do I? A little bit. Is that conversation uncomfortable? Do we do something wrong? Mm. Anxious. I don't... Uh... You agitated? No. What are you um, feeling? Well, maybe just that it's not resolved. It's not resolved. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like, th there's not a resolution that we've come up with that feels like... So what are we going to do about what we said on the podcast? What we recorded? Do you want me to cut it out? Or what are we going to do? Because I we said so. I said some things. I want to listen to it. <laughs> you want to listen to it? Yeah. And determine? Yeah. Here's what I, here's what I want to say. Okay. Um, I am willing. So let's say all those people that were mentioned listen. Yeah. And they uh, are upset. 
and they write me and they they're you know say something i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna stand my ground i know that the the process that you talked about with me mm-hmm. i'm gonna have a conversation with the person are you kidding me no i'm not kidding you i i have yeah no i'm i'm gonna have a conversation wow okay yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be fine with talking about it here. Like, I'm not, that's, that's, but I think that there's, there's something, like, I, w- I want to have a conversation. Okay. Man, we're in totally different worlds here. It seems absurd to me. Why? Well. Because it, nobody knows who the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. And also. It could be anybody. We're not revealing anything. Well, I don't, I, I don't know if that person listens to this podcast. <laughs> I think he might. Some, uh-huh, I don't uh-huh. know. I, I don't know. Yeah. But. Um, I think we prefer if we mentioned his name. <laughs> I would. That might be true. Who doesn't want to be talked about? Well, I I want to know. I want to know. All right. All right. Well, we'll report back. Okay. I mean, may, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. We'll see what happens. All right. That's that's the end. There's no. Can we go further? I don't think there's anything more. No, we're at we, one forty. We can recover from this. <laughs> now we're gonna turn this off, and it's gonna be weird because we have a <laughs> workshop to plan, and we don't know what we're gonna do. We're at odds. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.